I have the clap. You've had the clap for quite some time. You've got the touch. You've My got the power. Penis has not fallen off yet, so prove it. That is T-shirt number four, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> is my penis has not fallen off yet. Speaking of my penis, you Dick, both... sir, it didn't happen. <laughs> you both should be uh, very pleased to know that I have used the restroom five minutes before I logged into our meeting. Well, as did I, but I'm not sure that's going to hold out for you, though. I, yeah. so far, I think I, what is this, week three? If, I, if it happens again, I think this will be a month straight that yeah. I've had to pee mid-episode. <laughs> so we will then change your title uh, to Baby Bladder John Watkins. <laughs> I feel like you can do better, but I'm okay with the working title. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a loose fit. <laughs> and uh, since, you know, we're talking on, uh, you know, I said the word loose fit on an actual episode with a topic. Yeah. I suppose that we're going to need to say, by the eternal, behold, behold. it's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And we are going to bring you a bloody, raucous bit of nonsense here this week for the Glorious Disinformed, as we are going to be discussing the film Blood Circus, also known as Blood Circus Wrestling. But before we get into that haughty nonsense... How are you boys feeling? Um, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, I'm here. That's the best you can do. Yeah, same. Good lord. And since we're, Just... since we're cribbing Margot, uh, have you listened to the full Richard Edwards album yet? I have not because I think I've hit the Shane Hunt school of being aggravated. Well, he because actually, have... uh, not oh. to cut you off, we're, we're starting already. Uh... He he did release it to where you can just do it for any price you like on on Bandcamp. So I know, and I'm I'm gonna risk it. I know I'm, I'm gonna sound smeedy no matter what. Mm. But I've been a Patreon of his. I've been supporting him on Patreon day one, and I get that he's trying to be really cool during these weird times and give give away as much music as possible with the fringe benefit that people usually aren't monsters and are gonna you know at least give you some money for the release. Right. But it almost feels like a slap in the face to his dedicated fan base to not put it behind a paywall for at least a couple more weeks. Like, if mm-hmm. it was, like, the weekend before he dropped it, uh, like, the actual physical came out, then, like, that's a different story, and he's done that before. But I don't know. This is probably the, the nail in the coffin that the that I was waiting for to be like, eh, I'll go support another artist for a little while. I'll still come back. I'll, I'll do the, you know, round robin probably and, like, mm-hmm. you know, hit him back eventually, but... Uh, I'm I'm gonna hold out till I get my vinyl. Yeah, it is bothersome, you know, that you support him through the the Patreon platform and you're paying in money, and then as opposed to giving you first shot at getting all the material, he is bleeding it out in the form of like demos and random nonsense like that. As opposed to, you know, here is a actual full album. You can have it in advance, and then because you know, for those of us who purchased the vinyl, which I know I did, and you very likely did as well, John. Yeah, I did. You'd hope some form of benefit for or incentivization following that would be like, okay, well, now that you've ordered it, here's the stuff to listen to. So I had no compunction about taking it for free at that point, where I was like, I've already spent money no. for the vinyl. That's, I'm just going to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, I'm not not a fan. I'm not. A, I'm. It's not that I'm lacking excitement on right. getting to, to hear it. It sounds like it's going to be different than the past couple albums that he's put out it seems like it's gonna be like more piano centric and mm. um 
he describes it as a little bit of like a journey, like it builds up into the end or something like that. Ooh. But it's very vibey. Uh, having I sat down and did a dedicated listen, like I actually put the the beats on, laid down on the couch, and did nothing but just focus on it from start to finish. Nice, really great stuff. And it does have the dynamic is somewhat similar, particularly when I made a subsequent playlist to like integrate it with the other material. It's real mellow as you would expect, so there's not a lot of like jostling going on, so you get a little lulled to sleep. But sounds beautiful, really excellently done. I could not be happier with it. All right. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll break uh, my my petty meh and go do it. <laughs> meh. Um, let's hit the Stephen King science corner real quick. Do it. Huh? <laughs> um, I have other Stephen King related news that really excited me, and it's all thanks to Mark Zuckerberg and his evil robots that advertise when they listen to your phone. Mm. Um, so the director of Dr. Sleep and Haunting on Hill House, what is it, Mike Flanagan? Yes, yeah. Flanagan. Uh, and then it's Ger- Ger- Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, him and I, I don't remember the others because I don't have any like connection to them, but they are doing a podcast on The Stand. Mm. Um, and they are covering the unabridged edition, I think, mm. the first episode comes out uh friday may 29th so this past friday for for listeners if you want to dive in but it's a book that i after i finished it i let out a big sigh of relief and i was like <laughs> i liked that book a lot i don't think i'm gonna reread it for a very long time and now i have 180 pages to read because i think oh yeah they're covering chapters 1 through 24 on the first episode and i think it i'm imagining it's probably gonna be a bi-weekly thing but okay i'm really interested to hear their or his opinion on the stand and like have someone like tear it apart very book club vibe going on so. mm. which is nice you get other individuals who similarly appreciate the material that also have a differing viewpoint and are a little bit more intimately involved with it having worked on film projects and other things that are kind of on the periphery of the king world or, or the universe so yeah i i just especially flanagan i think he's died in the wool on king's thematic touches Mm -hmm. so i i i really enjoy people uh taking the work away for me and just just feeding me the oh that okay got it here's how i feel about this for those that have read the full zeitgeist and understand a little more intimately how everything's interconnected right yes michael how's uh how's driving to you know bumfuck egypt to play with children and parents Oh, fire guns. Um, I are you asking about the fact that I went up to Williams, Arizona the other the other day to go see some bears and wolves and shit? Or are you just talking in general? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so there is a place up north, um, uh, in the town. It's very close. I I I don't know ten fifteen. It's near Flagstaff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was more talking about how close it was to the Grand Canyon. It's pretty close to the Grand Canyon mm. as well. Um. It is a place called uh, Williams. There's a location there called Barizona, where it's one of those drive-through zoos, essentially. Um, so we went up there, and I got to see like a tundra wolf, like I don't know, five feet from from my door, which was pretty what cool. If, what if Barizona was just a community with nothing but, but you know, bears? Yeah, 
I was going to say, how disappointed were you when you got there and there weren't a bunch of men like me just standing around in loosely fit clothing like, hi, Michael. Uh, very disappointed. Also, the um, there was no cougars. It was a jaguar, but I don't know the reference to that. So mm. You're like, you mean to tell me that I have to suck my own dick today? I, I like, um, to, to put it bluntly, I put a one star on Yelp. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I didn't False advertising. Speaking of Yelp, I had no idea, but did you know that now Yelp will uh, publishes the health safety rating? Oh. In this uh, COVID world? That's uh, helpful to have. Yeah. Shane, our, uh, our favorite dive bar to play, scored real high. I'm sure. Uh, is that sarcasm? You know the, the dive bar I'm talking about? I'm assuming the one that isn't too far from your place of work. Right. Okay. It's where it, we usually uh, rhymes with sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they scored fifty out of a hundred. Oh, I was gonna say fifty out of fifty is is great. And to which everyone was like, "What? The dive bar didn't score high." I don't even like to drink water in that establishment. I feel uncomfortable about everything, including you know what's surfaces. Amazing about a place is when. Their bathrooms are terrifying, and you can just feel the needles below your feet. And then you get really excited because you hear that the bathrooms are getting renovated. Like, they're under new management, and the first thing management's like, we gotta just up the game on these these bathrooms and make them safer. And then you go in, and it's like Trent Reznor during Downward Spiral threw up all over the bathroom. And then they took the they took the doors off of the, the urinal. Mm. Like, so... I, one, I, I'm I'm a home bowl or die kind of guy, so I would never go shit, especially in a dive bar. But can you imagine the person that is, like, bowel confident, and they go in there like, oh, so this is a new trial. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can you shit in front of someone else as they watch eagerly? Uh, I just yes. like the, uh, it's like, do you just stare at them in the eyes and not blink? <laughs> it's just like... Nice when you do. were talking about needles, though, the first thing that evoked for me is the scene in Saw 2 where there's that key in the oh bottom, like, all oh, those needles, that big pit of needles. That's, yeah, that's basically what that bathroom looks okay. like. Grant me one more Sigourney segue, and do it. we can get into this blood circus business. Um, you were talking about Saw, which reminds me of my obsession, because I've sunk so many hours in the past week for Dead by Daylight. Mm. Um, and they, of course, have the yes. Saw uh, villain, but did you happen to see the announcement for their four-year anniversary and the uh, new killer that they're introducing in June? No, I did not. They're bringing in Pyramid Head from Ooh. Silent Hill. Now, so, I always thought the nurse was one of the references to that too, right? I think so too. It has to be mm. a nod. Yeah. Um, but it's huge news for uh, an indie developer like that to get to bun, like, you know, buddy up with Konami. And so... Yeah, that's going to be cool. And I'm so sorry to anybody that tries to talk to me because I basically just put my phone face down on silent and played that game. I literally, I think yesterday or the day before played from noon to just shy of like 1130. Jesus, there's a degree to which I realized the distinction between one, the level of focus, and two, the age between Asher, yourself, and me. In that I look at both of your badges and Asher has got like the perfect kill badge and like he's gotten all this random nonsense and you have gotten all of these killer related things. And I'm like, I am now uh five or like seventy percent done with the book Alice Isn't Dead. 
And that is what I have been doing with my time. So, oh, man. So I don't know if I told you this the last time that I, I played with you and Asher, but I've the, the main drag on that game is the load times in between mm-hmm. when you're trying to play as a survivor instead of a killer. It's all it's all time of day. But anyway, um, I've started to multitask. So now I will read during the uh, the matchmaking screens. So I have finished half of Graveyard Book while waiting to murder or be murdered. I and I can Which, appreciate your dedication to both tasks. Yeah, so I mean, don't I I appreciate you at least giving it the old try. It feels like you had fun Oh, it's a fun game. I just, there's a degree to which my competitive nature has just completely gone the way of the dodo. Uh, That also lies with all these other, like, I was thinking about this with uh, Melissa and I were talking about people's investments in their job and their day-to-day ennui and, like, the minutia that surrounds their life. And I'm just not bothered by any of this. I was like, well, at some point, my life's going to pick back up again. But uh, to quote Bob Lazar, to actually get Michael to chuckle once and be involved in this podcast, I got enough hugs (laughs) as a kid. I'm not that concerned. Like, my ego doesn't require that constant affirmation of, like, yeah, people are watching. I haven't posted more than one or two things on Instagram, you know, other than what we were asked to do. Is like, I just don't have the attention-seeking behavior. Like, I'll get back into playing music and we'll get back in. But this is the first time I've had a legit bit of downtime where I wasn't juggling four plates in the last, like, 15 years of my life where I wasn't doing multitasking, doing gigs, trying to do voiceover, trying to do all this nonsense. I was like, I'm just going to relax, kick my feet up, and not do a damn thing. I'm not obligated to commit to anything. So Yeah, I – well, one, I I see the relevancy – to that uh, like throwing that towards the game because you're mm. 100% correct in that where Asher and I like still have that like I just I I want to see that number I want to mm. see that rank go yep. higher in the relation to this game I want to see my rank go from 20s down to a 1 mm-hmm. and I don't know why I'm compulsed because I'm usually not that way but there are certain things that like just hook its claws into me uh, no pun intended on the game but um, I agree with you as far as being kind of forced to you know slow down and Mm. just we were talking becky and i about things that you'll miss because i'm going to be going back to work on friday like resuming i'll probably i think my hours now i'll be working tuesday to saturday just pretty pretty i'll go back to almost some normalcy as far as hours are concerned so we're talking like what are you gonna miss about not going to work Mm -hmm. um i was like everything like I just I I am a homebody. Like I will sit here. I'll I'll read. I'll watch a show all day. I, like my things are in my home. Like I've surrounded myself with the things that re-energize me, and it's the outside stimuli that usually makes me want to curl up into a ball at home. Uh, so I don't know. It's been it's been nice to kind of heal up a little bit. Yeah, I am pretty jealous of both of you because I the only thing that changed going from post to now is i switched going online for my classes but once school ended i just continue doing the same thing which is wake up at five do research get disenfranchised question my existence question whether or not i should be continuing this degree force myself to work another hour walk around walk to a coffee shop go back question what i'm doing 
that's pretty much my Wednesdays now, and it'll be my Tuesdays because I'm now requesting that I don't work on Tuesdays. So I actually have a free night to maybe relax or watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I almost uh, – I might plan on watching like say Interstellar or some of the other million things that you guys have Ruben. told me that I should watch it. Oh, you'll – I will watch something Tuesday, tomorrow, next Tuesday. I thought you were going to say Tuesdays tomorrow, and I was like – I will, I will watch Tuesday in the past. So help me. But – yeah, so I'm taking a step back because I haven't had any free time. Like, the only time I have had to myself where I'm entertaining myself is, like, I need a break from researching because I'm just going to bust my head through the fucking glass mm-hmm. or brick wall or whatever because I've made zero progress in the last two weeks, which is fucking great. Um, but so it would be nice to actually be like, I'm going to sit down and watch something instead of watching, like, a 10-minute YouTube video and then going back at it. So. Yeah, it is a major luxury on my part. I will absolutely concede that point because yep. I actually I have envious. a job that <laughs> facilitated my being able to do this and still keep me paid and, and clothed and fed, which is a, a phenomenal thing. So as much mm-hmm. as I will impugn the nature of the university I work for, uh, at the very least, I can commend them for that because there are a lot of folks, uh, even, you know, my Melissa's got her health concerns, and apparently they're being told that uh, the library she works for is no longer going to allow telecommuting. Of course. And so it's, uh, you know, that you have to start coming back in and and physically working in the building. And so now we have to start entertaining the notion of her possibly doing leave without pay because she's not comfortable being back in an environment where there are I mean, why would you be? Yeah. 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 Um, So. Did you hear, I, I might be incorrect about this, so future me, like, do some research lazy piece of shit um Mm -hmm. but arizona's uh i don't know government went on leave our senate or whatever the fuck they're called they went on leave for a bit before they could pass a bill that would shield businesses from any responsibility for covid so thankfully that was not passed as far as i'm aware because that is just the honest, like honestly, the most garbage bullshit. Like I, I mean, like I mentioned before in the, one of the previous episodes where I had that uh, driver come in. It's like, aren't you glad we took back our our country? Wah, wah, it's wah. like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, go go catch it and die. Like, I don't I don't like him. He's a he's a he's a sweet dude. Trump uh, supporter. He, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's the same guy that was confused why it was called the alt-right when he thought the nazis were left people so uh, I, well they were left by something they were the national socialist party so i imagine that's where the confusion stems from yeah but that's neither here nor there essentially like i work i i get so pissed off at this guy he was he was talking about like not understanding people that identify not with their uh sex um, and I'm just like, bro, why are you being, I literally oh, thought, I literally fantastic. yelled into the car. I'm like, why are you being mm. such a special snowflake and trying to like judge people for however the fuck they feel like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it was, I, Gastly. I'm getting so upset about people and the anti-intellectualism in this country. Like, anyway, the, the, no yeah, we're, in a, no we're in a very charged time yes. uh-huh. on almost every aspect that we could be charged. It's charged. There's, there's no. It's hard for me to not fall back into just screaming nihilistic thoughts. The thing that really bothers me, and like I 
really strive to stay away from this soapbox because I feel like there are so many people screaming their opinion from the rooftops these days. But what happened to the middle-of-the-road pragmatist who just said, can we actually listen to the facts that are available, actual facts, and not conflate something because of my opinion that was made at an absolute instantaneous, like, knee-jerk moment, which is one of the things I admire listening to. I think Rogan was having this conversation, and he adopts a lot of the sort of devil's advocacy standpoint on things that might necessarily you know, bother a lot of people when they hear it because he's going, hey, listen, we don't have a lot of confirmed facts about this, and a lot of this is guesswork. So the CDC, it's the same thing as saying, you know, eggs have good cholesterol. Eggs have bad cholesterol. You shouldn't eat them. You should eat them. Yeah. They wobble back and forth on a lot of this, but at the same time as, like, precaution is probably the best stance to take. Now, People are without pay, and there are folks without jobs sitting around that are trying to function, and a lot of us can understand and empathize yeah. from a certain perspective for mm -hmm, John. Definitely. It's frustrating from that end, but it's like, okay, well, what is worth more to you, your life or your income? Because the one certainly facilitates the other, but at the same time, you're not going to be making any money once you're laid up with this thing either. So... Just, you know, caution, it doesn't seem to me like the worst thing, but there are still those screaming from the rooftops that their rights are being violated. And that's what really gets me is it's like, yes, you do have the right to go out and endanger yourself. You're also endangering others, though. So by the same rights where they're like, oh, we have these rights. Yeah, you can drive a car, too, but you're also licensed to drive that car. And if you drive it with, you know. If you're under the influence or if you're not capable of doing that thing responsibly, they will stop you from doing that. And that's essentially what we're trying to run with. Right. But mm -hmm. I don't think you can take this on the basis of wait until you fuck up and then we'll correct it. There's there's a great uh, meme I've seen across like different social platforms where it's like uh, it shows like a person that has the whole MAGA hat or something. And it's like talking about safe spaces and oh, use special snowflakes in your safe spaces and all that stuff. But then the next panel is like, I don't want to wear no mask. They can't tell me what to do. I want to live the life I want to live. Mm -hmm. It's just like such a conflicting thing. But uh, to go with the the Joe Rogan thing, like that's why I kind of that's why I respect him as a person. Like he might have a lot of views that I don't necessarily agree with or stances or whatever but he's he doesn't he's not stubborn about them he mm. goes in he listens he does play devil's advocate which is something that i can respect yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't like i'm gonna invite you and i'm gonna just talk shit you know about whatever you're doing like if he invites someone to their to talk with like he's genuinely interested in talking to them and it's not like a smear campaign it's like well let's actually have a conversation mm. which is something and that i can respect not afraid of getting into an argument either. Yeah, I, I assume. I've only still seen those two episodes, but just based off of those two, um, I can say that he does seem like pretty like pragmatist, like middle of the road, like mm. you said, and I can res I respect him for that. Yanni? It, it's, it's, it's hitting me in waves. I understand. Well, you have to go to the bathroom already? No. <laughs> I, well, I think uh, the urge to urinate is coming in waves. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get back. I was really good uh, about being on a sleep schedule throughout most of this time. And uh. then the moment that I my Fitbit got all fucked up and I had to send it in for a replacement and the, the week and a half of not having something literally screaming at me to say go to bed, I've mm. fallen off it drastically. So the past two days since I'm going to be back on a schedule... I'm trying to get myself back, and uh means uh, no no naps 
I, I, I discovered the midday nap again, and now I have to give it up. So, and that's going to be the we, worst part. We lose the things we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about uh, my first world problems and my definite <laughs> uh, <laughs> strokes of privilege right there. Mm. Well, move to Europe. Uh, you know, they afford you the ability for the afternoon nap in many places. Spain, Siesta in particular, time. very big about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I also heard that it's just one big practice for being dead. And if that's the case, then I am a really big fan. Agreed. <laughs> and speaking of death, we yes. have a marvelous film that we can get into. What a beautiful Ooh, segue you provided. I like it. Now, for those who are not familiar with the way that we have this show formatted, when we actually do have a topic, we will go into the details of that topic. So the host, myself in this case, will explain all of the various sort of factoids that we can about the subject to the other co-hosts. Whilst doing so, we're going to lie about it somewhat. And it is then incumbent upon the co-hosts to point out those lies or snatch them in the moment if they should happen to identify them. Because we're playing the weirdest game of liar's dice in the whole of human history, or bar bullshit, as Michael would like to call it. Posse. Indeed. Big posse. Yes. So, before we start, I'm going to hit you with this because I want to try to keep this organic and fun and and light, so I'm not just going to read you 27 pages of dialogue this time. We're going to go with a little more of my improvisational uh, attempt at telling this. Bullshit. (laughs) Not... I've I've interrupted you, like, but right as you start, like, the last couple of times, and I Mm -hmm. I, want to keep the track going. Also, if Michael (laughs) does not guess one lie correctly... He has, hmm. to, he has to go to a mustache since you no. and I both did it. <laughs> well, that's handy because uh, uh, we're going to limit the odds. There's only one lie oh, in this well, entire section. So. I will look like guess. a pervert. No. <laughs> well, it's, sorry, even more of a pervert. It's hard not Ouch. to look like a pervert in a mustache. It really <laughs> oh. is. Uh, that's fair. All right. So here we are. Blood Circus. So, Blood Circus, also known as Blood Circus Wrestling, is a 1985 independent American science fiction slash horror film. Say with that five a... times fast. Five times fast. <laughs> Got or, it. I'm sorry, let me do this better. That, 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 that. <laughs> it also has a professional wrestling theme. It was produced by Baltimore native Santo Victor Rigatuso who is also called Robert Bob Harris, who promoted it through infomercials for his mail-order Santo Gold jewelry business. Though it had a brief release funded by Rigatuso, the film never received distribution. And there is a a bit of a kerfuffle surrounding that as well, so you'll appreciate this. So, uh, he reached television viewers across the country with the Santo Gold and Forever Gold promotions, where essentially he would go on and do an infomercial pitching... This, you know, gaudy, awful sort of like mock jewelry that was purported to be 24 karat gold and is very obviously not. Uh, But also he um, concocted schemes to sell credit cards as well in addition to this. So he would say, you can get a credit card through me through this mail order uh, sort of system I've established and you don't have to have good credit, bad, you know, bad credit, any credit that we get. I will send you a credit card and you can fund it through me. Is that bullshit? That is not bullshit. Huh. Jesus Christ. Yes. So, and besides the various retail ploys, again, under the name of Bob Harris, he uh, found the time to produce, write, and star in his own self-proclaimed vanity film, Blood Circus, which was billed as the Atomic Wrestling Movie. 
I'm going to let that sink in. Atomic. At I don't know what quantum. this means. It's going to get quantum here in a moment. Oh, cause, you know. no, please. Yeah, please, do you please, know please, what no. science is, Michael? Uh. <laughs> so the plot surrounds aliens from the planet Zoran that are sent to Earth to fight against professional wrestlers from the United States and the Soviet Union. The aliens ultimately prove to be man-eaters who devour their opponents upon defeating them. Hot. So, the filming for Blood Circus began in 1985, and they purported a budget of $2 million. Wait, didn't you say last week or so, a couple weeks what, ago that it was zombies? Um, there are... Uh, they're sort of like <laughs> zombie-esque. Is it's not oh. bullshit. No, they're aliens, but some of them walk and talk. Like You saw the infomercial bit. So I should Fair. say, before we got on, I screened them a bit of the trailer, which is included in one of the infomercials, just to show them what the film looked like. And the gentleman walking down the hallway who punched the person sitting down in the chair and did this, it's a very herky-jerky sort of stop-motion <laughs> thing. So when I watched it, they looked like zombies, and they act like zombies. Gotcha. And so, but they are aliens. So you said that okay, what understood. year? What year is this put out? Eighty five. Nineteen eighty five is when they started filming. And you said reported two million dollar budget. Two million dollar budget and in nineteen eighty five. That is not a fib. Not bullshit. Now so I will $2 qualify. Dollars in eighty five. Like, do you have any like budgets for other movies around that similar time? Like, I do hold not. On. Hold on, I'm going to look this up. Yeah, pull something up. Um, yeah, but keep, uh, keep, keep, as keep we're talking going, about this, I should mm-hmm. say I'm pulling this from various. Semi-credible news sources and also several blogs because the guy is kind of – because he's a grifter, there's not a lot of this that we can take as fact-fact. So this is what is purported. I don't believe that this is actually the case, but this is what he's claiming is they spent $2 million on this film. You saw that trailer. That doesn't look like a $2 million production. No, and also I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back and try not to break my arm jerking myself off here. Mm. You already do. um i recalled i was like what else came out in 85 back to the future that's the budget i looked up because i wanted to kind of see the difference so back to the future's budget was 19 mil so i mean comparatively i mean back to the future looks crisp and clean and two mil like i think if we would look at um b horror movies that have been released in the past couple years um for for us comparatively to a blockbuster i think maybe that would be fortunate well, I think uh, Tusk was operating on a $10 million budget is what he claimed during their press tours and in prepping for the film. So, I mean, that's a fairly reasonable thing to push forward, but that's, you know, 20 Th- years uh, removed. It actually says $3 million. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that's even better because Tusk came out in 2014 yeah. with a $3 million budget and it looks nice. Yes. Well, um, I'd also say that the the access to editing software and better recording software. Digital is, cameras, yes. Yes, I would probably say like it would be better to look at other B flicks from yeah. that time. But, but that, that that's being beside said, the point. Even though Shane didn't present that as a lie and to his knowledge it's not a lie. It's still interesting. It it's would still not surprise me. So far, if this guy was just blowing smoke up everyone's ass by saying Well, just wait, because this is going to get a lot more entertaining by the time we get balls deep in this. And, and sorry, because this just came to mind. He could also have cited $2 million, but actually only spent you know, like 100000 or something like that and pocketed the rest. Uh, this is, I have dubbed this the film that fraud built. So I'm going to say. <laughs> That's why I thought that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it tends to, uh, to run. Uh, it's in keeping with his character. So, uh, 
The business that he ran, uh, which was the credit card authorization center business, in addition to his gold business, uh, offered customers with bad credit histories the opportunity to purchase a fake credit card for $50, uh, with which they could only purchase exclusive Santo Gold jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) So he would sell you a credit card that only allowed you to buy things from his catalog. So essentially spending $50 before spending exclusively, like why... Why even do the credit card? Well, and then here's well, it, the fun point is that he would not actually, in many cases, he would send them the credit card that only funneled money back to him. So basically, you're getting credit from him, and then he wouldn't send product, or he just didn't send you a card at all. So he would take your $50 in your application and keep it. It kind of sounds like the uh, episode of Always Sunny um, where the RV starts showing up outside of their bar. So they devise a brilliant plan where they're going to print fake faint currency that's only spendable at their bar Mm. but they don't think it and then they just hand it out for free to the rv people because they feel like they can funnel some easy money out of it and then they realize oh wait it's fake currency and they bought real product and we don't have actual capital rebuy products (laughs) 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 (sighs) stupid well this actually seems like he thought it through a little more bear in mind like gift card-esque like early forms of that you're talking fifty dollars in you know 1985 which is a pretty significant sum of money (laughs) it's not the 20s come on my god (laughs) even then (laughs) jesus all right so uh long story short too late a pub uh according to some published reports uh, he uh, was thought to have had as many as 100,000 members in his buyers club Shut by the time he up. finished up. Off so, the infomercial? Yes, off the infomercial and people buying credit cards to send over stuff. So he's also in addition to selling the fake gold, you know, through the infomercials at late night stuff. So uh, even though the mail-out bluntly states this is not a solicitation for Visa or MasterCard, the Postal Service still regularly received complaints about the company. And so they had several hundred complaints about the U.S. Credit Union, and so eventually the good folks in the U.S. Postal Service brought charges against him. They sent four or five cease and desist orders to try to stop him from doing this to perpetuate, and then eventually they brought him up on charges. <laughs> Uh, because you know, it's a, he's willfully fraudulent and, uh, the pattern of abuse essentially urges them to get a prosecutor to take the case. So one of the key moments in the film Blood Circus that he funded is a filmed at the Baltimore Civic Center where Rigatuso playing a character called, oddly enough, Santo Gold performs a song before the climactic wrestling match. The song lyrics have nothing to do with the film. Instead, the song promotes his Santo Gold jewelry. It's a series of now infamous infomercials were created to promote both the film and the mail-order jewelry business concurrently. Uh, Apparently, extras were paid $10 to sit in the arena and observe the action, and then some of the Earth wrestlers were actual professional wrestlers from the San Antonio-based Southwest Championship Wrestling, uh, including Douglas Ox Baker, uh, an experienced actor in his own right, Vinnie Valentino, and Eric Embry, all names that are a bit obscurest for those who only know, like, WWF product. Sorry, I'm I'm just still still just giggling at him doing the song. Oh wait, that would that would be almost as bad or like as egregious as like if you were watching Tusk and then right before the climax, like 
Kevin Smith comes on and then just plugs Smodcast for like mm-hmm. ten, like five, ten minutes, and he's like, "Anyway, here, finish the film." <laughs> it's basically what this. So I'm I'm gonna cut forward to the you know the description here. So the culmination of the film is a uh, a clip from Blood Circus where Santo Gold sings a song called Santo Gold. Surprise! Uh, dressed in a white suit with aviator glasses, as you saw. Uh, Santo enters the arena filled with screaming fans. Santo, his background singers, and his entourage take the stage, which is the, you know, an actual stage as opposed to the wrestling ring. Uh, topped by a big gold bar, the swath of chains around Santo's neck would make Mr. T and King Tut feel naked. The song itself then turns out is an, a mini infomercial for Santo Gold products. These are the lyrics. I got chains, I got charms, I got bracelets for your arms. Money back guarantee, five-year warranty. Santo Gold, Santo Gold, we know you're going to like it. 24 carat Santo Gold. You've seen this movie. I have seen that clip. Now, <laughs> the the film, as we'll get to, has not actually been seen by that many eyes, unfortunately. So this, you only have these sort of snippets that we've gotten from these infomercials over the years. Uh, the descriptor I have from this following is uh, that Santo looks somewhat like Rick Ocasek and the song sounds like it's a really bad Cars tune. <sighs> painful, yeah, painful nonsense. No, now, even better, the source <laughs> that I got advertising this film, I shit you not, and this is, I will take this off the table as bullshit because it is so bizarre, is from the Arizona Republic. What? Published in 85, where Damn. they said that he was also planning to release a 30-minute documentary on the production and an album to promote the film's release. Well, I mean, he should have at least on the album. So I'm going to do a screen share here so you gentlemen can uh, see what I'm looking s- at. I was so, going to say, did you find this in oh, microfilm or something? This like, is oh, the geez, clipping. Oh, you weren't kidding. This is microfilm, it looks like. Yes, this is Hold a on. microfilm uh, from newspapers.com, which shows the Arizona Republic from the 5th of June, 1985. It shows Blood Circus, a peak at coming attractions. And it's got Grace Jones here and a, a photo from St. Elmo's Fire. There's, and then you know, I see that Jack Nicholson, who looks very young in that. Very dapper. honor? Yes. Now, this section right here, the Blood Circus uh, advertisement, is what I'm going to draw your attention to. Because here is the handbill. Yeah, enhance. Expecting a $200 million gross. This is what Jeez. he was advertising. The incredible sci-fi two hours wrestling motion picture. We, we invite, invite oh, major sorry. studios to battle it out in the ring for the rights to this movie. <laughs> so I wanted oh. to share that with you so you can see how There's, ridiculous this is. There is also, uh, if they if the person hurries uh, mm-hmm. to call and write for more information, they can get a free 10-minute preview of Blood Circus on three and a half inch beta VHS. <laughs> So this hey, legitimately I'm, I'm, ran impressed. Quarters of a beta, isn't that fun? <laughs> I always thought you were a bit of an alpha beta, there, John. Beta gamma. Oh god! So that is Just what was circulating. Actually. So in 1987. After two years of editing the film, Rigatuso was having trouble finding a distributor for it. Go fucking figure. And then he decided to rent out a few local cinemas and then screen it himself over the course of one week. Although he, uh, 
uh, they only had a few showings and the film didn't gross anywhere near what the purported $2 million budget was for it. <laughs> and as mentioned when we were looking at the bit earlier, scream bags were also given out at the screenings as promotional tie-ins. Yeah, so what were scream bags? It was yeah. a bag to catch your screams, to stifle your fear while you were watching this, you know, horrible, shocking, grisly film that well, promoted alien cannibalism. Is it really cannibalism if they eat, you know, human no. beings and they're not yeah, humans? Also, the screen that's just a waste of good suffering. And how? <laughs> Please tell me the screen bag was just like a a brown bag. It was a brown bag that had <laughs> each had size. <laughs> each side of the bag sported a long poem about blood circus, and one of the sides <laughs> contained a coupon for a free diamond ring from Santo Gold. Man, if you thought the Nolans got lost up their own ass. <laughs> Oh, oh God! So oh. the of course the U.S. Postal Service, as I alluded to, uh, they issued several cease and desist orders. Uh, they eventually brought him up on charges, and he was forced to pay a two million dollar uh, restitution by the head of the CPD restitution. to individuals that he had conned with the credit card operation, and then was sentenced to ten months in prison. For his, uh, you know, well, joy. That's where I the mean, budget comes from. Was that was say, the two gotta, million dollar budget. You, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. I mean, two million in the, the fine. I mean, he made two hundred, or he was going to. So I allegedly, mean, that's, that's like a just a drop in the bucket right there. So Apparently, he's, he's fine. according to his expectations, yes, he was going to just rake it in. Now it gets worse. But uh, in 1989, uh, November, in fact, he pled guilty to mail fraud and tax evasion charges in Baltimore, like you do. And so the film naturally sort of languished at this point and didn't see a lot of action until uh, he was sentenced to uh, 10 months in a federal prison camp in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, where he would happen upon a gentleman named Salvatore Sammy the Bull Gravano, who was an underboss to the John Gotti crime syndicate. Now, uh, he was, uh, uh, Gravano was purportedly so intrigued by the concept of the film that he agreed to be a financial backer for the film while the two of them were <laughs> imprisoned together. <laughs> so, you've got a mobster who's going to then fund a film about alien professional wrestlers eating human beings. Now, the partnership unfortunately never actually materialized, as because this is a snake-bitten film production, apparently. Uh, Gravano turned state's evidence in 1991 after his release because he listened to a wiretap that heard John Gotti essentially impugning him to other people and saying what an idiot he was and implicating Ooh. both of them in several murders. So Gravano ends up being the gentleman who turns Gotti in and gets him run up the road and the river for murder back in 92. Now, if it doesn't Oof. exist already, like, especially if you want to look at current events, this is like our Tiger King. Pretty much. Like, the oh, amount of, like, shit. ineptitude going on here and, like, all the, the dumb shit. Like, this could be a Netflix 10-part doc. To me, on... as I read this, I'm like, this is where at least half a season of The Sopranos uh, originated from. <laughs> Still yet to see it. It's uh, it's worth looking into. The ending's not great, but, you know, it's a uh, fun yeah, show. It, That's the only thing bad. I know about The Sopranos. It's not bad. It's a fun show. Sopranos. Now, so. Get this goddamn fly out of my beer. I mean, just drink Extra it, man. Protein. There we go. Got meat, it. Sorry. Meat group. <laughs> meat cute. In Sue. So. 
in uh, <laughs> after the eighty-seven screenings, Blood Circus has not been seen publicly. Okay, until <gasps> it was purported to be lost for years, and then there was a secret screening that was conducted at the Alamo Draft House Ritz in two thousand and fourteen. Bullshit. Yes. Not bullshit. He mentioned what? this before, like a couple. That of weeks was what ago. I was teasing you with: is that this involves the Alamo Draft House? Because then you dropped the 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 bombshell that they were going out of business. Yeah, at least the of, ones in the valley well, declared bankruptcy. Michael, fair going fair, out of business. You're right, the franchise, not not the whole, not the organization, but the franchisees Listen, here. Because I my baby that. is on life support, but it's not dead yet. So don't agreed. You dare tell me the plug's getting pulled. I'm not. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, breath, All gentlemen. Right. All right. So the then, Alamo shall rise again. Remember, remember the Alamo. Alamo. Yep. Well done. Uh, <laughs> so in 2008, a Santo Gold Company announced on their website. Yes, the website still exists even after he's admitted he's defrauded Wait, the general it, public. It's just the Santo Gold like or Space Santo Jam? Gold? It is Santo Gold, two separate words. And the uh, music performer Santi Gold was also named Santo Gold when she initially started making music and then had to change the name to not be confused by Santo Gold. Oh, no. Wait, yeah. This looks like some old 19... Oh, copyright 2001. There you are. Uh, Yeah, that is some some good old-fashioned website there. One Einstein, one Houdini, and just one Santo Gold. I'll brace for it. So... Uh, they claimed in 2008 that they had discovered a 35 millimeter copy of the film and were looking for producers to finally facilitate the release. Uh, no producers signed on, go figure, and the original 35 millimeter film reels were eventually offered up on eBay in 2011 with the starting price of $21 million Fuck and a out of here a buy it now price of 750 million dollars which included insurance i i'm going to call bullshit on that number it has to no nope uh, this this man magical. legit thought this film because it was worth 220 million dollars according to him back in 85 so obviously with inflation 750 million is reasonable to expect Hey, we we got a YouTube channel. Let's 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 produce it. Do you happen we'll, to have we'll, seven hundred and fifty lying around, sir? Because no, I do no, no, not. No, no, we'll 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 do we'll do the production the production. We'll, the we'll be the producers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in that movie, <laughs> the producers. Yeah, you're putting yeah. putting the douche in in producer there, uh, Mr. Michael. Well done. So two and a half years later, after all of their efforts failed online through eBay, uh, the reels were offered up through a different seller, also again on eBay. Highest bid fell below the reserve prices when the reels were unsold. Now, what I will tell you is that through all of this, in the professional wrestling community, this thing has become sort of the holy grail of bad B films. And there are so many people that want to see this film that there is actually a bit of traction for somebody to finally snatch this thing up. But, of course, this man is so delusional that he will not let it go for anything less than these exorbitant fees that he's trying to charge. And so it's this weird, bizarre bidding war where everyone— still alive. Yes, everyone knows that this person is completely full of shit and the film is going to be ghastly, but they just want to see it for the shock value alone. My I want Lord. to see it now that you mentioned that it's so bad. So oh. uh, in 
April of 2014, the film was finally screened again at the Alamo Drafthouse Ritz in Austin, Texas, as part of a secret screening. A year later, around May 27th of 2015, they did an LPP 35mm print of the film, which is presumed to be the same print from the 2013 uh, listing and 2014 screening, was put up again for sale on eBay. However, unlike the previous listing, this print had only a buy option. So it was available for $3,500 in June of 2015. Interesting. And still has not been purchased. So there's something ooky about this. So, I, so how did Alamo get it? That is the question because now I haven't found anything to corroborate the story that Alamo showed this. So I'm going to call bullshit on the story myself because somebody would have had to. It's 2014 at Alamo in Austin. If there's not someone hanging out with a phone, you know, trying to catch this thing to pirate it, I have no clue. And honestly, around that time is when, I mean, it's possible. (laughs) I'm I'm trying. He's exasperated, obviously. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get back to point A in my brain to explain it or to. You're on point Z. So. In our time, things happen with phones where you go into private performances. Like, you think, like, Tool, A Perfect Circle shows, uh, Pussifer, where they're like, hey, you have... Or even uh, most stand-up comedy specials now, or Mm stand-up in general, even if they're filming that night or not, um, you put your phone in a little baggie, and they it's kind of like coat-checking your phone. Right. Um, So, I mean, maybe... If Alamo did do that, the reason you don't have anything like that is because they adamantly... One, they already well, police usage of devices in their theaters to begin with. And right. secondarily, they True. could have just confiscated uh, any of the private uh, viewers. But there, it was still in the age of social media. Like there were still, there still could be someone yeah. like, "Hey, just came back from yeah, I'm seeing a secret thing." Like yeah, I'm in a strain credulity thing. It's 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 tough to expect that this really exists out in the world. I'm I'm really incredulous about the 2014 screening, but I saw it listed multiple sites. There is nothing to stop a single contributor posting the same thing on multiple sites, though, because the verbiage is almost exactly the same. It's somewhat gotcha. lightly paraphrased. So I'm thinking Santo Gold is out there telling <laughs> his own story <laughs> and attempting to get this somehow, you know, certified. It's that- like Alamo was crazy enough to do it. That's how his voice sounds like in my head. He sounds like Bonesaw (laughs) from Spider-Man. That would be the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, sir. Also a professional wrestler. you're right. You're right. Bonesaw. Bonesaw is ready. Here you go. Santo Gold made a special movie. You're going to get to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) So so essentially, essentially all you have to do to get the voice right is clench your teeth real tight and just talk through it. Uh, no. I mean, you gotta grit your voice up a little bit here. (laughs) So, uh, the only other thing that I have to add here is that I have not seen much of the film. It's very difficult to get footage other than if you want to sit through one of those 20-minute infomercials to get snippets and random bits of bullshit other than the song, which the song apparently you could readily find. But uh, of course, what is described here is while Santo is singing the song, there is a montage of manly wrestlers beating one another up and a mummy. <laughs> and saying this is what I've lifted even stranger what appears to be angels that are superimposed on the screens these beings comment on Santo and tell corny jokes such as why did the pregnant woman go into the pizza parlor because she heard they had free delivery 
So apparently this film is so disparate. Like I've seen film of a wrestler being chased by a horde of little tiny like running zombified wrestlers that chase him into a parking lot and then he sets a car on fire to distract them and get away from them. Like, it's just ghastly. Looks like a cousin of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre threw up with a professional wrestling ring and decapitated people in front of grandmothers. Just, I don't know how to explain it. It is is, stupefying. I want to watch it so bad. I love bad movies like that. Yeah, so so you're part of that demographic. Yeah. Yes. Go choke up that 3,500, my man. When he said that, I was like, I don't believe it. If it, if it was true, I, honestly would think about it well in some capacity what i can say is there is um the gentleman who is a co-host on one of the podcasts i routinely listen to uh and has his own podcast called the 605 super podcast his name is brian last he's the one who kind of brought this to my attention because he raves about it all the time he's a new jersey guy who worked in the music business for a long time and he's also a huge professional wrestling fan and he's so fixated on how horrible this is. His own daughters sing the Santo Gold song. So they'll run Jeez. around the house singing the I got chains, I got charms, I got bracelets for your arms. Santo Gold, Santo Gold. So, yeah, this is how deep he it. is on this. That's he has the means to purchase it if it were that price. So it w- if it were available, yeah. he would have bought it by now. That, that's why I was like, when you go from $21 million in 2011 to 3500 three years later, I'm like, it's too good to be true. I, 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 yeah. can't, I can't possibly believe it. So my only thing for summation is for all of you listeners who find this as intriguing as I did, you have to go just throw in Santo Gold or Blood Circus into YouTube and do a cursory search and just watch some of the things associated with this, and you will find yourself fully immersed in just a never-ending string of inane nonsense and some of the most bizarrely disturbing, incoherent drivel that has ever been committed to celluloid i think michael and i can uh, corroborate that for you because like you said before we we rolled today you had us you know watch first what two minutes of the uh, just 60 seconds of uh, oh, yeah, you know it was, it was just like a minute or something and there's so much to uh to unpack just in that first minute alone mm-hmm. um and shane does not partake but i will go ahead and recommend if you if you if you got them smoke them <laughs> and uh if you if you have a beer or a wine to open that bad boy up and pour a tall glass and get fucked up and try and make it through that because honestly if i find myself not falling asleep on time tonight i might open up that emergency last beer and mm. try and uh see how far through i can get as i wanted i pulled back up this thing so just as a quick descriptor one of the wrestlers featured is a rather obese African American gentleman who has got bizarre face paint on. He is carrying a <laughs> a stick with a human skull and ropes and random sort of bits of incense dangling off, wearing a cheetah print sort of like daishiki thing, and wearing what I can only assume is like a a Buddha statue around his neck. I've never seen something described as five A's. Yeah. At the top. I've, I've seen triple. I've seen triple A. Mm-hmm. But what, how would you? Just, is that this is a quintuple A feature film, The Miracle at Blood Circus. 
Wait, okay. Can can we? Uh, it's a little bit wordy, but I really want to try and read this this uh, little description here. Ten electronic and remote thirty-five millimeter motion picture cameras and a cast of thousands with angels and angel music, aliens, real blood, heads landing in popcorn, fleas, Santo Gold wearing thirty pounds of gold, singing his hit song Santo Gold, blood, comedy, tears, the most brutalist, hard packing, thundering landing, edge sitting, tear jerking comedy, sci-fi action, horror, everything movie ever filmed. Nothing to compare it to the industry. So original. Wrestlers actually had to get stitches and lost teeth. The blood was real. The lightning, DP directing sound, etc. was superb. We are currently purchasing over a half million dollars per month in the U.S. on national TV promoting blood circuses blood circus we are saturating the european tv market with our 58 million viewers all 10 days of cans 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 i can i'll cut in here so all 10 days of can which is the film festival yes i and uh, the making of blood circus which is a half an hour video short will be ready may 8th a hit record blood circus now cut to be released prior to the movie approximately july august half hour rock video featuring santo gold himself getting ready for mtv featuring scenes from blood circus ancillary rights for the product merchandising are now available uh video and tv rights available but not to be released for approximately one to two years bob harris is the creator writer founder of santo gold and president of the world's largest tv mail order business the press calls him Barnum, others Houdini for doing the impossible. Watch for his name. He usually becomes the biggest at what he does. Other than the millions being spent on TV, Newsweek and USA Today, etc. have recently mentioned Blood Circus. And this is all on the little insert. So yeah, that's uh, it's a beautiful oh. thing. But it, it just... Wow. It, that that reads like my immortal. It boggles the mind, is what it does. So go yeah. investigate the and blood it circus. Snares the senses. <laughs> yeah, you can't help it. Snares, it. yeah. Every time you read something, there is so much material for me to have pulled and just read about it. But I mean, it's just you kind of have to do a deep dive on your own. So I wanted to give you the loosest summation possible and not get you completely immersed because I could spend hours reading other people's purported things or what I'm assuming is, of course, Mr. Bob Harris's own bits of a self-aggrandizing publication from the internet. It's a a teaser. It's kind of like how we addressed how we wanted to try and present these topics from here on out where it's more like something you'd mention at a bar. Yes. You're not going to do the deepest of dives. But if they're interested, like the audience or listeners if they are, can do further dives. Mm-hmm. And then they could also report back to us, you know, to, you know, review and all that. Other so what, stuff. what was the, uh, the lie? <laughs> would, uh, would you yes. like to take any other stabs? Is there anything that screamed incredulity to you that you didn't already call? I there wasn't only... a dude named Santo gold. That's we've already proved that to be, uh... you no. see the website. No, I, uh, I, I, got, I got nothing. nothing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the lie is that whilst he was incarcerated, he encountered uh, Salvatore, Sammy the Bull, Gravano, uh, the John Gotti underboss, and uh, was not able to conjure. I figured, you know, he was uh, in Pennsylvania. Okay, well, then I take back my Tiger King thing. Maybe that's what pulled the wool. The whole thing, I wouldn't have caught it no matter what. Because... 
Honestly, that seemed to be more tame than a lot of the other shit that was being. It also away. worked so, like, out really well because he was convicted in '89, he was incarcerated in '90, and then this gentleman uh, ratted on the Gotti organization in '91. So it's like it's reasonable that while they have him in custody, that they you know manipulate him and play these things and manage to get him done. So yeah, God there's damn. the lie. But All it's right. the thing was so bizarre. Nothing I could have said about that film or tried to conjure up. I mean, if I had said that someone gave birth to a live screaming goat in the middle of the ring and then threw it at an opponent, you'd probably believe that it happened in the movie. Absolutely. If you said that it was a- it actually happened, like like there was actually a goat birthed on the stage, according like, to him. Live- <laughs> I would have believed it, yeah. Uh, he said all like, of the blood was real, all of the action was real, that there was thunder and angels and aliens and all the joy that could have ever and been experienced. And everything movie, so original, nothing that the industry provides, mer- merchandising uh, available. Merger, yeah. merger. Yeah. <laughs> so there you are, boils and ghouls. That is the story of Blood Circus. I think we just hit a new record because you could end the episode right here, and that's what we used to do. Mm-hmm. Back year. in the good old yeah, days, yeah, back on episode one through ten, we yeah. we have almost neared fifty-two weeks of producing this podcast, gentlemen. Wow, can you believe? Uh... Yeah, that's true. Because, well, I think we actually did our first recording in April or May. Uh-huh. I can't. We, yeah, we did a batch of recordings Whoa. before we released anything, and it wasn't until, and in fact. I think August we, is when we started circulating stuff. It, yeah, it was we, uh, it was September. I no, it was late August, I believe. It was August. I mean, I could check, but I'm I I look at those but stats also, recently. So yeah, uh, we, we but used... we also released six, seven at the same at the at the onset. It's Michael's fault. It is. I, yeah. The interrupting cow thing is Michael has decided he's going to force himself into this podcast against I our will. I have been told that I need to talk more, so I'm going to There's do that at the detriment of yours. There's a difference between being annoying and contributing something which is insightful as opposed to, uh, 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 I, uh, uh, I think I, uh, yeah. Um, I no. uh, it's uh, birds. Uh, birds are uh, not lies. I've seen birds. Uh, I fuck birds. I, I, I love birds. Oh yeah, sorry. I, just, I don't know the difference between those two. Just because we didn't do this last week, Shane, birds we are a double, lie. Yeah, we will double down. Yeah, birds are in fact a lie. Um, they are recharged. They are back in the wild to surveil you at your homes. If you'd like to know more, please go to birdsaren'treal.com or is it .org? I don't know. Actually, I think it's santi uh, santogold.com. Yeah. Well, they got uh, birds for your arms. <laughs> <laughs> birds for your legs, <laughs> birds they can throw right, at your friends yeah, like eggs. Yes. Back in the day, we just batch reported. So mm-hmm. I, like, I think we had like probably what five or six episodes before we even flirted with the idea of going week to week. Yes, because we were what I, trying to consolidate yeah. the energy and effort that it took to get to one person's place set up and record, and we were a one mic operation at that time. Well, technically a two mic if we're counting Michael. So no, nah, not one mic. I was never really there. <laughs> I mean, fucking same though. Ugh. Damn. So it's uh, Those, it's going to be oof. nice, and as a means to somewhat start commemorating, if uh, you have already very likely seen. 
based on the feed here, but uh, Michael might not notice this, our first episode of Disinformed After Dark just was released onto the general public on Friday. And so we hope that you all have enjoyed. We, of course, are uh, recording this in advance of that happening. So there is no way for us to know whether or not you've seen it, whether you cared to have it. But it was uh, a way to get back to a pseudo original format and that we've got, you know, just 30 minutes of us talking incoherently after we finished an episode. Mm hmm. Because we do that anyway, so we might as well capitalize it, you know, like pull a Santo Gold on it, you know, try and do stuff with it. So it's, uh, well, I imagine we'll just do a couple of these uh, and release them semi-regularly and see if we get anybody biting on it. And otherwise, uh, you know, we can see whether we want to live or die. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it gives you something where you have us at the beginning and the end of the week. You get us on Monday Mm -hmm. and you get us on Friday. So you can kind of bookend your experience. And my favorite thing. Well, at least to me, I guess Shane's not applicable. Uh, no effort. It was like no effort. All I have to do yeah. is just idly talk nonsense while I wait for the episodes to render or the, the my audio to load onto the drive. Do you? I mean, is is that any different than how you approach these episodes? No, I literally <laughs> I, I played before we rolled. I was playing Dead by Daylight up until we rolled, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I can start this match. And I was like, I feel confident. I rolled the die, and I still I logged in before the invite to the session. Shane can attest. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah. I, my goodness. But hey, I'm more prepped. I have my my other laptop, my uh, my work laptop with me. With the script already loaded. He's prepared. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You do have to open another laptop and make sure you have your internet browser open. I mean, I and could. And a specific tab open. I yeah. could do it on this current laptop that we're recording on, but I'm not a poor person, so I have another laptop. Fair. <laughs> no, that's a fair point. That fair is point. mainly a joke. And the main reason it's a joke is because if anybody could see Michael's setup, it looks like he is the most like affluent. <laughs> like he's got like all the he's got if like you were 17... to see the stuff behind me. It's not mine at all. If... None of that stuff you see the 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 server behind me that I gesture at not mine. The the mounted TV also not mine. the dead so body three monitors. So for the not people, mine for the people that Michael has forgotten can't fucking see it um if you told them if i told them that you recorded from a security office and that's kind of like what you did for a living and you were just neglecting your duties as a security officer um if they could see it they would they would be like oh yeah so that checks out Mm -hmm. yeah actually you they could see at least parts of it because you have taken pictures of us recording in this room oh people don't look at that that's well, it's so I can jack off on you. I didn't glasses. say they have. I said they could. Big difference. Oh, so man. are we gonna are we gonna rein this in and try and make this a cohesive? God, I hope so. When have episode? we ever? <laughs> yes, okay. we're gonna try to get through this. What I will say though is that I find it really delightful that the only person who had been drawing unemployment out of the three of us over the last few months said he wasn't a poor person, so he has two laptops. <laughs> <laughs> get him dad <laughs> you know what i fully I, I fully accept that and i run with that it's kind of a uh, gosh i don't i don't know what i was watching uh, the other day but it's the uh, your life go down the toilet yeah basically <laughs> it was the uh the old adage of like it's always the people that are the most homophobic that are secretly 
<laughs> a homosexual you know like it's like that is tiger I, king logic yes yeah, yeah i was gonna say that sounds like a quote that you pulled from tiger king like for all you guys know like i'm spouting all this like i'm not poor i got two laptops and then i crawl on my hands and knees to eat my dog food after we're done <laughs> i mean you really can do that whether you have money or not that's yeah like i don't king shame you do you man 2020 you man you dog yeah. yeah we don't need those stinking butches Oh, man. All right. So, previously on My Immortal, John had booze in a hydro flask. I called it hydrothermos. Oh, man. (laughs) I thought you were going to start talking like Draco when you were going to talk about that. It's actually the thermos. (sighs) Your epidermis is showing. Your epidermis (laughs) in a thermos. So... Previously, <laughs> on My Immortal, we encountered what has been heretofore the least coherent of all of the storytelling, and a notable drop-off in the quality of the writing style, as noted due to a falling out between the writer and her editor, as is all too often the case. I think this is what happened in Season 4 of Dexter. So, season 5. I was going to say Season 5, yes. Yeah, season know. 4 is okay. Season 4 is one of my faves, I know. So, uh, what occurred is that Miss Ebony, after having had her falling out with Draco at band practice, we discover that Draco has attempted to kill himself, or killed himself, according to Dumbledore, by slitting his wrists. Uh, Then, of course, we have our glorious femme fatale who ran off into... (sighs) I'm my brain struggles to try to encapsulate this in Would a coherent you like fashion. To phone the editor? No, I think what Okay, good cuz I'm like I have to remember no, what we're so talking about here. She essentially is told that did we already I'm trying to remember if I already summarized that we so, got through the okay. they gave her a gun, she was naked in front yes, of that oh that God, was I that was a couple here. Here, okay. uh let let me let me do let it me won't be up. as coherent, it won't be as 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 nice, but essentially what had happened was uh we started reading right as Dumbledore was saying that Draco committed suicide by slitting his Okay, face. so that essentially what occurred is... We get the mastication. Yeah, all right. Then that's what I meant is... Yes. All right, so she was attempting to get dressed after she cut her wrists, got into the bathtub, and didn't bleed out. She pounded a juicy steak or, or contemplated pounding a juicy steak onto her chest and then as she got dressed, and I still, having listened back to the episode, am going to insist, she put clothes on. Because she said, <laughs> I put on this black mini dress and all this bullshit with lace. And then she's like, and then I was naked. And Snap and Lupin were outside. And Snap was videotaping me. And Lupin was, was masticating to it. As as the cell, uh, as the um, appointed by John um, Ebony uh, apologi- mm-hmm. apologist... Um, I will say that she felt metaphorically naked, not physically naked. <laughs> so what the easier way to say this is, is they probably filmed her while she was getting dressed. And that would stand to reason if she didn't then say she covered herself up with a Marilyn Manson towel. I'm going to co-op that. <laughs> 
so we're just gonna retcon the Manson towel doesn't exist. She just she was uh, they spied on her the whole time and filmed it. But then she shot at them because Vampire Potter showed up and began to wave his womb at them. And this caused them to be severely injured. Uh, she also shot them with a gun, which destroyed the camera but didn't destroy the footage. And this convoluted mess of nonsense is brought together as yet again we have our friend Dumbledore run into the room, say he was going to try to stop this bullshit from happening, and how he does this is by sending Hargrid out to accost them. Or Hairgrid. And Hairgrid... Then just proclaims on the lawn that he's a fucking Satanist, and then all of this comes to a close. So, then they're all in the same room together, at which point they then discuss, why are you doing this? And it devolves into Hagrid claiming he's a Satanist, and uh, Ebony calling him a prep. We then go to the two of them having, like, a sidebar conversation, because there is... I don't remember a segue between that conversation. They they, they were... Uh, it was after the first um, plot twist that Voldemort has in bondage. So there's Voldemort uh, the, bondage, and then oh. they were in Saint Mon- or not Saint Mungo's. They were in the uh, the hospital. Okay, um, I for- where where Drake or I'm sorry, where Snap and Lupin were going to be sent to a Saint Mango's because they were pedos and they're the school has tons of hot girls. <sighs> um, with a Z. And that's when Hagrid got from his bed because apparently he had his own bed and went to talk to Ebony and prove that he was a god and gives so her that, flowers. Yes, that turned that were pink that turned black to prove that he is actually a god. Uh, Guys, I totally forgot that the big plot twist on our end last week wasn't any of the plot, but the fact that it was repeated two times before he ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did check in editing, and that is exactly verbatim how it was written. So so we also saw yes. the debut of the words triumelephantly and <laughs> uh, dramatically, and oh my god. I like the triumelephantly. Yes. That is triumelephantly. Oh, and... And uh, uh, Wickwilly. Wickwilly, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I'm so, going to go ahead and go on record, too, that so far the plot, we're going to be on Chapter 13. Um, arguably, I still think it's probably a better story than the Cursed Child play. <laughs> I thought you were going to say better love story than Twilight, but that, I, I also like this. Yeah, so. uh, this, is a, this is a Cursed Child. In Melissa, tell me if I'm wrong. God, I hope not. Uh, if you disagree with him, uh, like and subscribe and comment, and uh, yeah, please. <laughs> Someone's got to pretend to sell. Hey, can you stop masticating? <laughs> all right, I can't uh, help it. Someone rang a bell. All right, Shane, so at saying. this point, there's slit wristing. There's Hargrid claiming that he loves her <laughs> and singing random bits of you know nonsense in Latin and ending it with backwards fucking MCR <laughs> lyrics. I am. I I'm no Nato okay. And then she claims that she hates the color pink, but of course that's the inside of her fucking coffin. So and she has pink on at least three outfits that I can remember. So she hates pink, but she still wears it. What the fuck is going on with this woman? Well, it's okay to have pink dashes on your clothes, even pink as a compliment, even as pink hair or pink ribbon to accent the perpetual yes. blackness. 
oh, of everything else. So that's how her vagina gets away with existing. Exactly, exactly. As yeah. a compliment to all the um, bloody, you know, dripping scars on her body, she has another her, one. You know what? Um, before we jump in, can I start? And I'll try to make this a... a I thought you were going to ask to use the restroom. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll try and make this a, an episodic note for every time we're about to begin. But can I give a disclaimer, Shane? Do. Two-thirds of us are not voice actors. Oh my god. I thought you were going to do the, the slit wristing and the suicide. No, I'm not doing any trigger warnings. The trigger warnings I'm giving are for people that actually are professionally doing voice acting. Because I think it's better that we're not professionally trained to read this. Like It almost makes it more endearing uh, and... The fact that Shane is uh, like at least, like Shane is a voice actor like kind of emphasizes that you and I, John, are not, and it makes it even more hilarious Him. when it's like eloquent narration. Ah, oh, what did you do over there? Or, or the Hail Mary pass <laughs> that was me trying to do an ASMR hair, hair grid, <laughs> and then Shane coming in and. and Without verbally just saying, or without verbally noping it, just came in and did a Shrek slash True to Life Hagrid. In, in my defense, I didn't, your ASMR didn't get picked up by my headphones. So I didn't hear you. It was dead. So you said oh. the line, but I didn't hear the line. So I thought you just dropped out. And I think it's only through the magic of editing that that line managed to manifest because I didn't hear you. So I just said the line because I assumed you hadn't said it. And so then when you said I ASMR'd it, I just went like, oh, well, fuck you. If I didn't even hear it when I'm trying to record, <laughs> I'm just going to say the line. So it was well, not that's... me saying you were shitty. Huh. I just didn't hear you say it. And I was trying to dive on the dead space. Oh, so, I because I had heard it and I thought you just like because you all honestly like after we after that chapter you're like no we're not doing ASMR right Shane. if you listen to so, that point in the episode I'm like did I get assigned something that I didn't see and then true you did so say that. You did I say that, didn't yeah. hear you say the line that is <laughs> that is fair um, and that is a good sign for future uh, voices to not ASMR. Or talk over each other. So that being said, Shane, do you no. want to kick off? <laughs> so, after all of this ado about nothing, we are happy to bring you My Immortal, Chapter 13. Vampire and I ran up the stairs looking for Dumbledore. We were so scared. Dumbledore! Dumbledore! We both yelled. Dumbledore came. There. What is it that you want now, you despicable snobs? He asked angrily. Volsimort has Draco. Draco! We shouted at the same time. Dumbledore laughed in an evil voice. No, no don't. Don't. We, we need, need to, to save, save Draco. Draco. We begged. No. <laughs> Dumbledore said meanly. <coughs> that is too tough. Why? It literally flew into my mouth. That's not uh. what he said. <laughs> Can we point out how shitty this beer's got to be that you have got a swarm of flies around you now for the bulk of this episode? It is the third of three. I've killed two, and I guess I just killed the third. 
This whole family's gone. Hey, John, is your wife dead and you're just trying to hide her body from the general public? Is this like she's Laura and, you know... Oh, she hasn't started to smell yet. Oh, well, thank God for Uh, small favors. The beg to differ. However, her dick has fallen off, so we're all very worried. (laughs) All right, can we go go from one? We can, sure. Why not? So we want to start this whole goddamn thing over. Wait, okay. We just started from, uh, from Dumbledore. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Dumbledore said meanly, I don't give a darn what Voldemort does to Draco, not after how much he misbehaved in school, especially with you, Ebony. He said while he frowned, looking at me. Besides, I never liked him that much anyway. Then he walked away. Vampire started crying. My Draco, he moaned. It's okay, I tried to tell him. But that didn't stop him. He started to cry tears of blood. Then he had a brainstorm. I had an idea. He exclaimed. What? I asked him. You'll see, Vampire said. He took out his wand and did a spell. And then, suddenly, we were in Volpmort's lair. We ran in with our wands out, just as we heard a croon voice say, A la cadavra! It was Voldemort. (laughs) Well, chapter 13 had some very interesting ups and downs. I personally feel like we all learned a lot. Yes, yes. Just like Sea Sluts Volume 13, there's a lot of ups and downs. (laughs) Oh... So, we know, uh, you know, that Voldemort had him in bondage. They want to go and try to save Draco, but uh, Voldemort, uh, Voldemort, Dumbledore ain't having it. <laughs> like, just get your shit out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, for this next chapter, Shane, do you want to take Snake Tail? Ooh, you can take Snake Tail if you want. He will not appear after this episode, or after this chapter, so. Snake Tail, eh? Yes. <laughs> I oh god, uh, can uh, so do we have any uh, other thoughts about uh, chapter thirteen before uh, we move on to I've this next of bit of dribble? I've kind of honestly given up on analyzing it deeply and just presenting it as stupid as it is. I now, I like that vampire openly confessed his love as opposed to just normally being like subverting it, like mm-hmm. indifferent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now here's the funny thing. I feel like as we go on, the progression of trying to ascertain whether or not this is wholly satirical or whether this is just an imbecile that decided to pen this and just stumbled into grace is just going to be further diametrically opposed from each other. Because this, if someone is being satirical, there still has to be some greater sense of this having a bit of cohesion, right? You'd assume. I mean, if you're really that smart... And you're brilliantly trying to concoct this. I mean, you want it to be entertaining, but you don't want it to be so ungodly stupid that you just completely shake everybody off the tree. So I feel like if this person has done this, they're riding the line with me. Because there are points where I'm like, okay, this is funny, and yes, it's absurd, and so I can laugh at it. And there's other times where I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense, and I don't get why... Hair grid is just hanging out with her and, you know, doing stupid MCR lyrics and bullshit. My, and gently related to what you're saying. Oh, yeah, to interrupt Michael purposefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Um, I recently rewatched 
this week American Psycho, which, speaking of satire, that's the whole point. And if you take it at face value, it's just morose and it's it's just disgusting. And the mm-hmm. book especially. Like, the book is one of the, a novel that I don't see myself ever rereading. That being said, it was a great book mm-hmm. because of what you're saying. Like, yeah. It, it goes into some very disgusting places, but you can tell that there's an intelligent writer behind it, and he's painting those, and he's being uh, hyperbolic for a reason. There's, I feel like with any satire, it has to have an element of being self-aware in order to, one, understand that the audience has a shared experience, and that's what's being lampooned, so everybody gets the joke. And I'm not sure that all of those elements exist here. That is not saying it's not satire and that this wasn't intentionally written that way. I am I just, still team that it is. Yeah, it's I it's difficult to to pull some of the areas where it's very like Allah Kadav Allah Kadavra <laughs> uh, in the last section here, I thought is the reason I'm pointing this out is like that seems to me is satirical. But some of this other stuff is so bizarrely stupid that I I just feel like either they didn't have a good feel for the tone of what they're trying to do or, you know, they just some of the jokes don't hit with me. And that's also a possibility. Um, Just because I'm reading ahead. Yes, this warning is awful. I was going to say you're the right out of the gate for chapter 14 is another point in the, the bucket of team satire. So it gets worse. (laughs) <laughs> there, there's a reason why I'm wholly in the team satire category. I do appreciate, or I do like acknowledge the point that you made, Shane. Where like, if usually, and that's what I'm going to underline. Usually, when mm-hmm. someone writes satire, it's usually with an intellectual side to it, so that someone can pick apart and understand and appreciate the satire for what it truly is. I can approach it from the point of it being a troll, and that's all I will say, because I also don't want to, being that I have read through this thing too many fucking times, I don't want to influence the decision either way other than just what I've said. So I'd rather have you two make more of a discussion. I do like that you both are not necessarily in the same camp at the same time. Um, And then before we, we dive through the rest for this episode... Michael, do you have a, a good end chapter point? Where, where are we ending today? Because we, we did 13, we're on 14 now. Is there a good, is, are, is there a cliffhanger ahead? There is a good um, ending to this sort of like plot arc uh, involving like, say, the, the whole Draco. Um, you don't have to tell us. You yeah. Can just, it, just, you know. Chapter 15. Though they, though if we so feel we read like through the fifteen, mm-hmm, though if we feel like we still have a little bit of gas, we can probably do chapter sixteen if we so choose, because chapter fourteen well, and fifteen are very short. Let's see how we feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, firstly, as another tick in the mark of satire, we have the warning <laughs> preceding this chapter, chapter fourteen. <clears throat> so for chapter fourteen, it says. Calm yourself down, Michael. Sorry. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I wrote it exactly how it was. It's all caps, just for the listeners. So she is screaming at us, warning, some S-U-M of dis, D-I-S, chapped, is extremely, X-T-R-E-M-L-Y, scray, S-C-R-A-Y. Vioer, V-I-O-W-E-R, excretion, advised. 
So some of this chap is extremely scray. VO or excretion visid. Excretion. Excretion. <laughs> excretion. That's what fucking that's that's what fucking murdered me when I read ahead. So uh just brace for that. Good Shit God. yourself because you will while you read this. Alright. Uh. Chapter fourteen. We ran to where Volsmort was. It turned out that Voldemort wasn't there. Instead, the fat guy who killed Cedric was. Draco was there crying tears of blood. Snake Tail was torturing him. Vampire and I ran in front of Snake Tail. Rid my sight, you despicable perhaps? He shouted as we started shooting him with the gun. He then, he suddenly looked at me and he feel down with a lovey-dovey look in his eyes. Mm. He said, in this, he is 16 years old, so he's not pedophile, okay? Huh? huh? <laughs> what, is, does Sigtail say nothing there? It literally is quotation mark, just, period, quotation period. mark. Yes. Um, so like a ju- longing look? <sighs> sure. <laughs> All right. Huh? I asked. Inobi, I love you. Will you have sex with me? Asked Snake Tail. I started laughing crudely. What the fuck? You torture my BF and then you expect me to fuck you? God, you are so fucked up, you fucking bastard. I angrily. Then I stabbed him in the heart. Blood poured out of him like a fountain. No! He screamed. He started screaming and running around. Then he fell down and died. I brushed into tears, sadly. Snake tail, what art thou doing? Called Voldemort. Then he started coming. We could hear his high heels clacking to us. So we got on our broomsticks, and we flew to Hogwarts. We went to my room. Vampire went away. There... I started crying. What's wrong, honey? Asked Draco, tacking off his clothes so we could screw. He had a sex pack. Get it? Because he's so sexy. And a really huge you-know-what and everything. It's so unfair. I yielded. Why can't I just be ugly or pain like all the other girls and preps here except for Bloody Mary because she's not ugly or anything? Why would you want to be ugly? I don't like perhaps anyway. They're such fucking sluts. Answered Draco. Yeah, but everyone is in love with me. Like Snape and Lupin took a video of me naked. Hargrid says he's in love with me. Vampire likes me. And now even Snaketail's in love with me. I just want to be with you, okay, Draco? Why couldn't Satan have made me less beautiful? I shouted angrily. I'm good at too many things. Why can't I just be normal? It's a fucking curse. I shouted, and then I ran away. Why does my golden yacht keep getting stuck on this rainbow waterfall? I I, I think I will say <clears throat> that the reason why she is bemoaning her fate is because every single, well, probably not every, but most author's notes at the beginning of each chapter decry that stop calling her a mary sue because she's not she has issues okay she's depressed and slits her wrists and stuff 
So she's depressed because everyone loves her and she's too perfect and she's yeah. too amazing. <coughs> In COVID. which case, so is is Ebony supposed to be Sam? <laughs> I actually bit my lip so hard there that I'm drawing blood. <laughs> If this is your first episode, we've been shit-talking Sam, you know, the violinist, for, like, a better part of the whole existence of this podcast to test if she's listening like she said she was. So far, she's not. It's so difficult for me to have this entire band just completely revolve around how talented and amazing I am, and if I don't do everything exactly how I want to do it, then no one's going to like our music and they're all going to hate us and wish that we went away. So obviously this whole thing hinges on me being the fulcrum of talent and joy and expression in this band, and I have a vagina. It's fine if you want to do the show without me, guys, but as long as it's not a good show... As long as no one's going to be in attendance and no one will ever look at it because it's not damn the weather without all the members there. Wait, you guys are getting paid? Wait, uh, we do gigs as a trio all the time with three of us and I don't have a problem with our drummer and bassist being excluded because they're not me. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, chapter uh, 15. So Ebony Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Sabony. Sam Ebony. Sam Ebony, yes. That got a little real there. Uh, Tell you what. Thanks for listening, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Man, in three years from now, we have a day of reckoning on our hands. (laughs) It's going to be a really rough hour. And then she'll cry and cut her wrists, and then she'll be back 20 minutes later in a brand new dress. And we'll just be there masticating the entire time. Angrily masticating. Masticating to it. With her wrist slits. Okay. Well, love hurts. In the interest of time. Amen. Because I think it is about high time that we try and rein our run times in. Let's do one more chapter. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> all right so baby bladder watkins is in full effect from this point forward all right chapter 15 ebony ebony shouted draco sadly no please come back but i was too mad whatever now you can go ah, have sex with vampire i shouted I stormed into my room and closed my black door with my blood-red key. It had a picture of Marilyn Manson on it. He looked so sexy in a way that reminded me of Draco and Vampire. I started to cry and weep. I took a razor and started to slip my wrists. I drank the blood, all depressed. Then I looked at my black GC watch and noticed it was time to go to biology class. I put on a short, ripped black gothic dress that said anarchy on the front in a blood-red letter and was all ripped and spiky belt. Under that, I put on ripped black fishnet and boots that said Joel all over them with blood-red letters. I put my ebony black hair out. Anyway, I went downstairs feeling all sad and depressed as usual. I did some advanced biology work. I was turning a bloody pentagram into a black guitar. Suddenly, the guitar turned to Draco. In the way I love you, Draco shouted sadly. 
I do not care what those fucker pets and posers think. You're the most beautiful girl in the world. Before I met you, I used to want to commit suicide all the time. Now I just want to fucking be with you. I fucking love you. Then he started to sing The Chronicles of Life and Death. We considered it our song now because we fell in love when Joel was singing it. Right in front of the entire class. His singing voice was so amazing and gothic and sexy, like a cross between Gerard, Joel, Chester, Pierre, and Marilyn Manson. Omfka! I said after he was finished. Some fucking preps stared at us, but I just stuck up my middle fingers. They were all covered in black nail polish, and we were entwined with Draco's now. At them. I love you! I said, and then we started to kiss, just like Hillary Duff. I fucking hate that bitch. And CMM in a Cinderella story. Then we went away holding hands. Lupin shouted at us, but he stopped because everyone was clapping by how sexy we looked together. Then I saw a poster saying that MCR would have a concert in Hogsmeade right then. We looked at each other all shocked, and then we went. Together. It's a chain lovely. John, can I just say that your Billy Quizboy is starting to turn into Drunk Sam, and I think you need to change. Just try. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you should, you should, the, the chromosomes are growing a little too heavily here. Um, you should probably tune it back just like 50%. <laughs> Wait. So I can't talk like I'm gargling marbles? I mean, you can. I'm perfectly fine with that. Just smaller marbles, please. But I'm not small marbles. I'm big marbles. I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So are we going to try to to kill Chapter 16 here, or is John's closed laptop emblematic of the fact that his bladder is not going to hold out any longer? You should just get a decatheter. A catheter. catheter. (laughs) John Watkins is a decatheter. I can see why you relate to this story now michael with Fuck. all of your verbal a faux pas and your he's a decathlete i so read this real... too many times i used to be so eloquently well spoken and then i read this all the way through in one if, sitting if don't I... you mean you were so ele- elegantly well spoken? elegantly well speaked Trielephantly, yes. John, you Tri-elephantly were saying. said. If it wasn't for the fact that i googled this or not script, but I googled this fanfic while my brother-in-law was in town because I figured he would laugh at it, and then he didn't. Um, (laughs) I would say that I was waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under me that this is Michael's original creation. Like Um, I said in the prior episode, if it was, I would have taken 100% credit for it. I suppose there's something to be said for that. Well, on (laughs) account of John's toiny bladder... We are going to call this the end of the episode, I suppose. So for all of you lovely folks who've taken the time to tune in, thank you so much. And as a matter of stern fact, we have seen the exact same number of people adding likes based on our hashtags and other random nonsense on the Instagram. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a bit of the onus on myself 
and I'm going to start posting our Instagram stuff on Wednesday once we finish recording to tease the upcoming episode as opposed to doing it on the day of release and see whether or not that helps to kind of get some more listenership or if that changes anything. So I'm going to throw something at the wall and see whether or not I can improve any of my execution before I start haranguing all of you again for your lack of effort. But uh, that said, we are still staying consistent, so obviously I don't have to beg people to go check the stuff out, but our Facebook and Twitter are still basically just dead in the water. So, you know... I guess those are mediums that are not as uh, popular with our core audience. So, there. How about that for me, taking a bit of the onus back on myself? I feel like now we can start to rebuild. Yes, I think now we can finally get to the all apologies section. But, I believe... Who else would you be? I'd need Penny Royalty, apparently. Alright, so, for this bloody and incoherent edition of the disinformed podcast i am shane i am santo gold i've got i'm michael thank you for coming kids don't worry sam will clean it up with her ego like bread on soup damn bloody soup be bloody soup be bloody soup I like that you've turned her into Mary J. Blige, by the way, just by the <laughs> bee, <laughs> Luddy. All right, go pee, you small bladdered bastard. <laughs>